I was in Naples and then I went to Rome and then I had Peterium and I was like, wow, this is good. So I went back to Naples and I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I had to go back to Rome. It was so amazing to me that just doing a Neapolitan didn't cut it for me anymore. Most folks get into the pizza business relatively early in life, but it took Dave Acacella a few decades of working in the hospitality industry before he found his calling. Yet experience pays dividends. Philomena is one of New York's greatest pizza joints you've probably never heard of because it's in Sunnyside, Queens. But for some of New York's most respected pizza eaters, it's Valhalla. The story of a 50-year-old's quest for the perfect slice. That story, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to another show, everybody. Great to have you along with us. Again, very trying times for all of us uh, in the hospitality industry. I know pizza places around the country are still open for business. Um, everybody's doing delivery or, or contactless carryout. And, and that's the case with our, our guest this week, Dave Acachella. He's at a place called Philomena in Sunnyside, Queens. Now, I did this interview, obviously, before the COVID-19 outbreak. And I do make a reference in the story about how easy it is to get to taking the number seven train from Grand Central now that's not exactly what you want to do probably right now is jumping on the train to go for pizza. And it's certainly not a good situation to leave your home. So until this abates, until it subsides, I want you to, to be safe out there and, um, and not take risks just for a slice of pizza. But if it is okay, and if you are within walking distance, and if it is not too difficult to drive, I would love you to go see Dave because this is a great story. He's a small, small operator. It's just him and his wife. On his website, he just features the, the classic New York slices from a, a round pie. But he is also beginning again this week, he told me, starting this weekend, he'll start the squares up again. And that's really where I thought it was a remarkable thing, what he's doing. Um, he, he fell in love with the Roman-style square, the high crumb, that light interior, that crispy bottom, when he was in Rome. Um, and he, he saw or heard, heard about Gabriele Bunchi. And even though he's a, a Naples guy who kind of fell in love with that Neapolitan pizza and was you know, raised on that New York style of pizza, really fell head over heels for that Roman style. And so he's he's integrated that into his, his repertoire now at Philomena. But I, I just think this is a must-visit place. Um, guys like Adam Kuban and Arthur Bovino have, have talked about this and written about this, and I made it, made a point to go out there last time I was in New York to check it out for myself. It really is a fantastic pizza place. So go support these guys, the little guys um, who are making fantastic pizza and who deserve your support and deserve your money, frankly. So we started off, um, as we always do, by, by talking about his first pizza memory. Well, it has to be my mom making pizza. She was a great chef in her own right. And um, Where was mom from? Mom, well, she was born here, but my grandparents were from Naples. My great-grandmother was 
always in the kitchen teaching my mom how to cook. Wait, you're three quarters Neapolitan and a quarter Sicilian. Yes, so that, that quarter Sicilian is on my father's side. Primarily, my background in, in uh, Italian food is really Neapolitan. So, uh, so my first uh, pizza memory has to be my mom making pizza at home. In Jersey? In New Jersey, yeah. And then your first memories of going out while you're getting slices, I mean, in the New York area, is that for a kid typically around the slice? Sure, of course. Um, I, I, was, I grew up in uh, a nice uh, hometown in uh, Scotch Plains, New Jersey, and uh, the place I always went to was um, Alfonso's, which was a great, great place to, to go and hang out. And, they, it, you know, they could rival any place in New York as a good slice shop. They were awesome. They're always good and consistent. My great-grandfather's son, opened, which was my uncle, opened up, uh, was a partner at Spiritos Pizzeria in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So my, my pizza background, I always had great pizza around me. Okay, so that's kind of, that forms your opinion of pizza. And then um, did you get into hospitality or you're working in pizza as a teenager or in your 20s and 30s? Uh, no, but pizza was always a part of my life. I, it wasn't until I was in my late 30s where I worked at an Italian restaurant and the owner there wanted to put a pizza oven in the back. And uh, it was a really great hot spot in downtown Manhattan. So in around 2010, he approached me. So I started kind of tinkering around in the kitchen. I went back and I spent a lot of time with my mom and uh, developing, you know, uh, toppings and recipes for dough. And I really got into it. And it was until 2013 where I kept on bothering Paulie G to, to work for him. So he offered me an apprenticeship. Um, and he does that, doesn't he? I mean, he worked with, obviously, Derek in Chicago, and they've opened up Polly G's Logan Square. Um, but he, is he seen in the industry as kind of a, a mentor? Oh, for sure. You know, I read about that uh, prior, so that's what gave me the idea that he did an apprenticeship with someone who opened up their own pizzeria. And, uh, and that was something that I certainly wanted to, to do. So, um, so I approached Paulie, and uh, he was gracious enough to, to give me an apprenticeship where I was rolling dough and I was prepping for him a couple of days a week before my shift at Da Silvano. Because a lot of times people, when they say, like, my mom was a great cook, we, my mom made pizza, that's typically a pan or a Sicilian, right? Or a grandma style. Of course, yeah. It was all, like, pan. My mother also put it on the grill, too. So she was trying to mix it up a little. But, yeah, it, to, to pull off, like, a, a round pie in an oven after doing it at, for time after time, it's not an easy task to do unless you have a pizza stone. And if you're apprenticing with Paul E.G., does that, is the intention that I'm going to do a pizza in a wood-fired oven that's kind of that neo-Neapolitan? or is it just to learn about sort of ratios and time and temperature? It, I think primarily it was with the idea of working out of a wood-burning oven, and then everything else would kind of unfold to, in a long time as to how to the, the temperature and the time and the, and the spacing of the dough and making the dough, although I was part of that process of the, the back end of it, but making the dough itself, he had someone else doing that altogether. Because you're working at this Da Silvana, which is kind of a celebrity magnet place, and you're, you're not really back in the kitchen. Um, was your intention then when you set out to, to sort of meet Paul Lee G., I'm going to have a pizza place at some point. Oh, of course. Yeah, that was, that was beyond a doubt. Um, but I, I wanted to start out with, with, with Silvano because I thought it would be a, a great way to showcase my, my, my pizza making. Because it was, so, you know, as I got into it, it was something that I really had a passion for. And around 2015, I started, I said, Silvano, I'll leave the floor. I'll go in the kitchen and I modified his confectionery oven enough so where I can make decent pizza for him. So I was making like $100 barata and shaved white truffle pizzas for him, and that was a lot of fun for me, but I, I was doing it for free. 
it's just to kind of prove myself, prove to him and myself as well that I could do it. He was interested, and then I think he lost interest. So that's when I left Silvano and I went to Arturo's. I worked as a manager. I just wanted to be around pizza at that point. And then you spent some time with the famous Gino Sorbillo, the, the, the Neapolitan original, right? Oh, yeah. And that was, that was like getting a master's in pizza making. Before that, it was just, I was always on my own, checking out uh, Roberto Caparosco from Macaste on YouTube videos to seeing how he'd stretch things and how he'd roll dough, but seeing someone do it in front of you, like, uh, I worked with these guys that were just amazing. Ernesto Lemo, which I, I worked with uh, a few months, and he was great, a beautiful guy. But um, Gennaro Rapido, I saw him first make the dough ball and stretch it out like he was like making mozzarella. Boom, 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 he'd roll it quickly. And so when he would leave the room, I would go to, to a scale to see if he was accurate. And my God, he was amazing. Rapido was his real name or was it a nickname? I, that means fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was a nickname, but he, I, that's what he goes by. That's what his handle is. How much time would someone need to spend in, like you talked about, an apprenticeship at some of these places, a few months, a couple of weeks, a year? Like, what, What's typical? Well, I think you learn from every place that you go to. So I learned a little when I worked at, um, at Paulie's. When I was uh, working uh, before Gino Sorbillo, I was working at a place called Tony in Greenpoint, where I had, I was working at a wood-burning oven. I had a little freedom to, to fool around with the dough, to add a starter, to see what it was like. I was constantly baking at home. And uh, I was always making doughs and doing different things with it. Are you looking at things like Bread Baker's Apprentice or Tony Gemignani's Pizza Bible? Oh, man, I have all those books on this shelf over here. You can see it. And you can just, I'll show you my, my Pizza Bible book. It's shredded. To, shredded. It, it, I went through that book like hundreds of times. And, yeah, of course, I went through all those books looking at the way he would do his biga, which he calls the tiga. But I also went to, like, King Forkish bread baking from and just, Portland yeah yeah and um, Chad Robertson I mean the tartine, tartine yeah. oh my gosh I mean those books I mean really helped me develop my own um, uh, recipes and and it was just I was doing it so often that I didn't have to rely on anything anymore I was just doing it on like my my thoughts of like I need to put this amount of starter this amount of water this amount of flour and uh, you know I would always go by the baker's percentage when I added the salts but for the most part I just kind of winged everything else So December 2018, you decide you open up here Philomena's, named for one of your daughters, in Queens, right off the number seven line train, which is really convenient to get here, by the way, folks. Um, and you open with the intention you're going to do the round pie, the New York slice, and then some squares. That's it? Well, it, it was really more the intentions of doing like personal pies and squares, but later on doing opening up the kitchen and having more of a full-fledged restaurant. But when you're dealing with Con Edison and you have an oven that takes 120 amps and you only have 100 amps coming in here, you have to kind of like juggle some things and always consulting with the electrician as to what you can do and what you can't do. So unfortunately, I still don't have full power here. So, but I need to get the kitchen going and I'll, I'll get that going soon. I'll bring in a chef and we'll start doing more dishes because, I mean, other than Sorbillo, I always worked at a pizzeria restaurant. And um, so I want to offer more to it because I know that people want more than just pizza, salad, some pasta, some homemade pasta. We're standing behind the counter, obviously, um, in the pizza joint. Uh, you've got a round, you've got a couple of, uh, well, this is just like a, a margarita here, but you've got some really beautiful squares. Tell me about these. The squares, it's a passion project, and I, I never made them uh, professionally. Um, 
but uh, that during that time where I was working at 21 Greenpoint and Genus Robillo 2016 through 2018, um, I fooled around with uh, hydration and, and making different types of uh, pizzas. And one of them was uh, making a square pie or Roman style. That was really the intentions. Um, but because uh, I was so blown away with what Banshee was doing. And uh, I oh, the pizzarium. Oh, yes. Yeah. Pizzarium. So I, I went to uh, Pizzerium a few times when I was in Naples in 2014. I was in Naples, and then I went to Rome. And then I had Pizzerium, and I was like, wow, this is good. So I went back to Naples, and I, just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I had to go back to Rome. It was so amazing to me that just doing a Neapolitan didn't cut it for me anymore. A little more structure, more crumb, yeah. crunchy. Well, Roman pizzas are always crunchy, so they got to be a little crispy underneath. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So... You have to know how much uh, hydration to use to get that crispness on the bottom. And in the beginning, I would add a lot, of, a lot of olive oil, thinking that was the thing. And, you know, just kind of tinkering around and then finally winding up with what I have now. So you didn't go around New York and say, I love this place in Brooklyn. Or I love this place in Queens. I want to emulate that. You were really inspired by kind of what you saw in Italy. Yeah, of course. For the, for the squares. But for the, the classic New York style, I, I was inspired by... Um, uh, my, my good friend Massimo at Lindustry. Oh, great stuff. <laughs> he makes a beautiful pizza. All right, listen, we'll take a break. Right, we're going to come back. We're going to keep talking with Dave Acacella here at Filomena's in Queens. Um, and then we're going to also preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. How crazy is it to think you can actually have your insurance company pay you to walk? United Healthcare isn't crazy. They just want you to be healthy. One of their programs is called United Healthcare Motion, where members can earn more than a thousand bucks a year toward their health reimbursement account just for walking. If your company works with United Healthcare, ask your friendly HR person about their programs. And if not, go tell them to switch today. Go to uhc.com/illinoismotion to get more information. United Healthcare, a proud supporter of the Illinois Restaurant Association and committed to your good health. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Dave Acacella today, um, proprietor, founder of Philomena's here in Queens. It's right off the 7 train um, in what, what we call the Sunnyside? Yeah, Sunnyside. Yep. Okay. And you live nearby, I'm guessing. I'm a couple blocks down the street, and uh, my intentions were to be close to my family. That's a good plan because you're going to be here a lot, I'm sure. Uh, now, one of the reasons I'm here, by the way, Dave, I didn't tell you this. Um, so Arthur Bovino is a friend. He's been on the show before. He told me a lot about you. And then, of course, I read uh, Adam Kuban's post about the, the eight or nine pizzas that haunt him. This is one of them, which has got to be a great feeling to have someone like Adam say that about your pizza. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it makes you go numb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for people who don't know, Adam Kuban is like, he's like the OG uh, in terms of how he writes about pizza and what he covers. And he's also got a place called Margo's, right, which is kind of a pop-up. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, but enough about him. I want to talk about you. Okay, so let's start with the New York Slice. Um, can you break it down for me at all? Flour, types of flour, fermentation? So I, I originally started with a double O flour, um, but it was a little too light. I went to an O flour for it, and uh, I, I, I have a homemade starter that I, I've had for the past several years that I've been cultivating along the way. And um, so I, that's one thing that I used along with it. The hydration, I kicked it up to 75%. I think it just adds a nice crispness to the crust. Uh, oh, for sure. It's, folks, I don't live in New York, but I spend a lot of time here eating pizza. 
And I'm not just saying this because I'm in your place, Dave, but it's a beautiful New York slice. It's a, just a textbook. It's like, if you like Joe's, this is sort of Joe's on steroids. It's like, it's so much better, I think, in some ways. Everything melds together and has this beautiful balance and what I like to call the OBR, the optimal bite ratio. Just, it's, it's this beautiful, it's got texture and crunch and chew and it's soft and there's everything, like the cheese blends with the sauce so well. Um, how do you achieve this perfect balance? I just threw it all together. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> sauce? What's the story with the sauce? You cook the sauce? No, we don't cook the sauce. Okay. Um, the sauce is very simple. Alta cucina? Alta cucina. And... Um, the type of tomato, you buy that. Yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's very simple. You know, little, little salt, you know. Uh, cheese grated or slices? Uh, we, we do a combo of um, grande cheese, uh, a whole milk, and then we use another cheese that's also a low-moisture cheese. Um, and uh, we, it's like a 50-50 blend. Any pecorino romano or oregano? Um, we put a little shaved Parmesan on the top of it. We'll post. Uh, you finish it with fresh basil, I saw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, Add a little bit of touch to it. So fresh basil, a little parm, and a little olive oil to finish it post-bake. Yes. Okay. Um, and like I said, it's gorgeous. It's a perfect fold. It's just oh, it's delicious. Let's talk about the squares because, again, I'm looking at the crumb now for this broccoli rabe you've got. And it does remind me of a bunchy, this really high crumb. But for sure, this is the lightest pizza I've ever eaten. I had John Arena's five-day Sicilian in, in Vegas, which I thought I've never seen something so, so heavy-looking and eat so light. This is even lighter. Um, can you talk about what goes into this slice? Uh, well, I, I'm, it's a bigger uh, a pre-fermentation that I, I, uh, I let sit for six, seven, eight hours until it's ready, until it gets nice and aromatic, and then I mix it with the final dough. There's a lot of moisture in this. Oh, yeah, there's 90% water in there. It's, there's a lot. And, um, and again, in the beginning, it was, it was a struggle with the mix and, and getting it right. Um, it, was always, it was always inconsistent. And uh, Were you wrestling with like how much time to let it sit and at what temperature ambient wise? Yes, yes. And it wasn't until Massimo, who was uh, graciously enough, he came in March and he did his own mix. And he was just explaining to me how he does his mix. And after seeing it, it was a very slow process. I was rushing everything because I wanted to get everything done, you know, because, you know, they have so many things to do. Uh, so after he started, after I saw him do his mix and then let it rest. And so... Then I had to incorporate the way I saw Massimo doing, because it's not a fa it's not a fast process. It's a so when I do it now, I do it after hours. So I'll start. The, so I already made the bigger. So I start this around ten, eleven o'clock, and then I, so almost a full hour of just mixing, very very slow uh, uh, increments of water you're adding in, very ice cold water. You want because you don't want it too. You, you don't want to reach over 76 degrees, you want it nice and cold as a dough because that mix is gonna warm it up and you're gonna get oatmeal after you know a certain period of time. So, um, and this is really important for all you guys that, that wanna do such a, a, a high hydration, you have to let it rest. You have to touch it and not be tacky. So once you have that down, um, then you portion it out you roll up the ball and you let that rest. That's also very important because you want to seal the bottom of it. You want to make sure it's sealed perfectly and then you portion it out or you, you, you put it into the container. Is it similar at all? Because Bonchi, I know, does like three types of flour. I think there's spelt in his. He's got a 36 to 72 hour ferment. Is it similar at all in that way? I wanted to, I used felt for a little while 
and then I found out the price. So I was getting these five-pound bags from my distributor. I was like, wow, that's expensive. What's a 50-pound bag? It was like $150. I was like, okay, well, let me skip that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stop that process. I want to fool around with more flour and dough. I just don't have enough time. You know, like 20 hours is just not enough time in my day to, to, to put into all of this. Because it's just you and your guy, Andrew, here. Yeah, yeah. And he's here part-time, which is awesome. And I, I love having him here. But when he's not, it's just me. And for the most part, when I'm, you know, today's the day that he comes in and helps me roll the dough. But at nighttime, I'm rolling the dough pretty much all the time. You got four squares here in front of us. One just sort of a typical cheese and sauce. One with pepperoni. Not cup and char pepperoni, by the way. That's kind of a different thing for, for New York right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you want to name names or no? Do you like to put a certain type of pepperoni you like? Or? Nah. nah. Okay. Now, these other two are interesting. You said your wife helps with the potato, yeah. which was clearly sliced on a mandolin because they're all so uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this other one, which I just had, which is for sure top five slices of all time, broccoli rabe, roasted garlic, and chickpea puree underneath. Tell me about these two. Well, we wanted to have a vegan option without it being obnoxiously vegan with fake cheese or fake meats. So uh, chickpea puree, you know, that was something I... I, I I was introduced to at Bonchi. I saw him do that, and I was like, man, that is so great. This guy is really putting a lot of effort into what he's, what he's putting out there. And uh, so traditionally, the broccoli rabe is sautéed with anchovies, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make it a vegan option. So we put a little truffle oil in the uh, chickpea puree to give it a different flavor and a distinct flavor. So we, still, uh, we boil the broccoli rabe, and then we sauté it with just garlic and olive oil. Nice and simple. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And the potatoes? The potatoes are Yukon Gold potatoes, you know, th- thinly sliced, um, layered on like, uh, like fish scales. And, uh, and then we bake that. That's a long bake. Uh, we we, we para-bake all of our pies, so that way, if I'm busy, I can make personal pies as well as the squares. And everything here is resting on uh, cooling racks, which is obviously important, too. Oh, of course. Yeah, you don't want things to get damp and condensed. I, you know, that's... It, 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 with all the work that goes into the dough, you don't want to screw it up at the last point, you know? It's just, it makes no sense. Do you sort of, um, do you ask people not to get it uh, delivered? Do you do a delivery service here? Does people, people pick up to go? Um, for the squares, I, I, there's not enough time in the day for me to get these going, to, to mass produce them. So I'm still doing them as sold as slices. I'm trying to get more time into making more. But again, 20 hours is just not enough time in the day to get everything done. All right. Last question we ask everybody on the show here. Knowing what you know now, Dave, and you have spent quite a few years in this pizza world, what would you tell yourself, I guess, a year and a half ago, two years ago, before you opened up your own joint about being a successful or or just being in the pizza game? Start when you're in your early 20s rather than (laughs) at 50. With kids who are 10 and 11. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, like you need the energy and the strength. And uh, and and I think that's the most important part. You, You just need health and yeah. you know at 50 years old i'm i'm proud of myself that I'm, I'm doing this i'm proud of myself that i'm able to give so much time into my business but i i, I feel 70 not 50 <laughs> you look good and i'm telling you the pizza is remarkable uh dave acachella uh is the owner and founder of philomena's it's super easy to get here folks i'm going to tell you this as a chicagoan you go to grand central station you get on the seven train you go about six stops to 40th street you walk two blocks, you're here. Super easy to get here, much easier than going all the way to Bushwick. Uh, Dave Acachella, thanks so much for your time, and congratulations on the place. It's really, the pizza's fantastic. Well, I'm glad you like it. Thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Big thanks again to Dave for taking some time to chat with me about his love. Uh, coming up in two weeks, 
a visit to Chicago's oldest coal-fired oven. It's crispy around the edges and it's very moist pizza, very moist. We do cheese, sausage, pepperoni. We use coal ovens, so the oven's been here since 1912. It's, um, it goes about 15 feet back our oven and it's all bricks and we have a hopper and we fill the hopper up with coal every day and that's how it heats the bricks. It makes a better pizza? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll talk to the owner of D'Amato's, an Italian family-run joint, still using that 108-year-old oven to make bread and bakery-style Sicilian pizzas every day. That's in two weeks on April 24th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, and please rate us. I'd love to know what you like or hate about the show. Uh, we are at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. We're hoping to get our tours back up and running in May, but at this point, again, we just don't know. Uh, I am on all social media, at Steve Delinsky, that's with a Y. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And just a reminder, stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, and keep social distancing. But please, please, please keep ordering pizzas and keep your favorites afloat during this pandemic. Thanks for listening, everybody, and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always.